welcome to Leeds Voices, the weekly podcast brought to you by the University of Leeds. In this episode, we're joined by broadcaster Anita Rani and physicist Andre Krivenek as they return to the university to receive honorary doctorates. Andre is a leading developer of electron optical instruments. He talks about how the Russian invasion of Czechoslovakia in 1968 led to him enrolling in physics at Leeds and looks back on three years where he combined his studies with playing volleyball and seeing the who in the refectory. Anita, a regular presenter of Woman's Hour and Countryfile, studied broadcasting at Leeds and she tells us how the course gave her the opportunity to spend six months working in media in London and how this led her to getting her first job after graduating in the year 2000. Each of our honorary graduates also give their advice to those students starting out in their own careers after graduation. We start by asking Anita about her day receiving her honorary doctorate at Leeds. the most incredible day. Who'd have thought that that 19 year old that walked through the doors at Leeds University in AD 1996 would be asked back to get an honorary degree, um, a doctorate. Today has been the most extraordinary day because um, all my life I have been told that I should have studied law or medicine and today I've managed to tick two boxes. I've been given an honorary doctorate of laws so I am now officially the perfect Indian daughter. <laughs> That's brilliant. So tell me about your original time here. What made you choose Leeds in the first place? Um, I Leeds was the only course that I wanted to do. It was the best course in the country in broadcasting. There was a BA in broadcasting at the university. It was a four-year course. They did a six-month placement in the third year and it's only 10 miles from Bradford, which is where I grew up, but I negotiated a deal with my parents, who thankfully are not the variety of parents that say computer says no. And uh, I said to them, look, if I get into Leeds, I wanna stay in Leeds, I'm not gonna come home. And surprisingly, they were really happy about that. I couldn't wait to get rid of me. And so, yeah, I managed to get into Leeds University and had the best time. Oh, Leeds in 1996 was just so exciting. Um, the city was on the cusp of changing. We had a Harvey Nicks, we had a Victoria Quarter, so that had a little bit of fancy, um, but just an amazing city, great student life, and everything was, and still is, on the doorstep of the campus. So I, and I absolutely fully used the city, whether that was um, going to the exhibitions on at the art gallery, um, just seeing all the bands and DJs that were coming to town, I fully used it and, and really enjoyed my student life. And I had three jobs. I worked at the West Yorkshire Playhouse, which is now the Leeds Playhouse, isn't it? I worked behind the bar. I worked as a data inputter at G Capital. I did some retail work as well. I mean, all over it, but loved it. I mean, it's got it all. It's got a massive um, student body. It's got great student life, but it's also really, um, you can negotiate the city really easily. It's not so vast that you get lost. You get to know it and you can walk everywhere. 
and you can stumble depending on how many you've had. It cultured me. You know, I grew up in Bradford and was always one of those kids who was desperate to soak up as much culture um, as possible and I was just insatiably curious. And once I had rinsed Bradford for all it was worth for the first 18 years of my life, I came to Leeds and my world exploded. I found my tribe, I found um, people who um, just were able to bring more influences to my table. I was able to express myself. I found club culture. I found music. I found art, literature. I was introduced to Stilton cheese. Punjabi families in the 80s didn't eat Stilton cheese. Cheap red wine. And yeah, it was just it, the most transformative four years of my life. would not be here, I don't think, if it wasn't for the degree that I did. Um, I, I was already working in local radio when I was uh, still in Bradford. And I, when I got to Leeds, I worked at Leeds Student Radio. I had the Dub and Asian Underground show. And my course did a six-month work placement. And I went off to London and worked in the music department. And I worked on a music show called The Ozone. And then I worked on Top of the Pops. But essentially, I just hustled and got to know people, loved it. I thought this is this is for me and made a load of contacts and thankfully someone offered me a job and I said yes and I went down to London on a horse and cart down the M1 and um, and I've not looked back I've not looked back but yeah really credit to to Leeds and I also have to say this I think living in London is fantastic but what gives me the edge is that I am northern I think if you live in London, but you come from a, a world that isn't London, and definitely not middle-class London, you absolutely, and actually for a long time, I thought it was my disadvantage because people didn't understand me and didn't see me the way I saw myself. But now I see it as my absolute advantage. I've got the edge over everyone else because I understand what it means to be from Yorkshire, understand a little bit more about class um, and trans traversing from one class to another or being able to go backwards and forwards into different classes, um, knowing how to navigate between worlds and understanding something about England as well and the landscape and having a northern sense of humour. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you. So you've been here today with lots of our new graduates. If one of them had stepped up to you today outside the Great Hall, maybe collared you for a conversation and said, look, Anita, you're having an amazing career. Your, st your career started here in Leeds. What would you say to them? What piece of advice might you give to one of the undergraduates of today? I always say that I've been really jammy. Um, you know, opportunities have really come my way. I mean, look at me, I've managed to get a doctorate and I've not had to do no work for it. I mean, how jammy is that? Um, but I would say that uh, I can give you the secret to being jammy and jammy takes a lot of work. So hard work, don't be afraid of it. You know, um, just put yourself out there, take the opportunities when they come. And even if you don't get it, don't worry about it because other opportunities will arise from you just stepping out there. And also, your biggest lessons will be learned from messing up because everyone's going to mess up because we're human, right? But it's when you learn to step forward with courage and navigate the tricky parts that your superpowers grow and you come out of it feeling empowered. Um, but my advice would just be, just go for it, enjoy it. Don't let anyone take the joy from you and you're the future. So there's a lot of pressure. And what's next for you? What projects do you have coming up? 
so my debut novel, Baby Does a Runner, comes out on Thursday, available to pre-order now. And it's about a girl from Bradford who discovers a family secret and goes to India to find out what it is. And it's all about the partition. So it's about history as well. So yeah, it's quite identity and culture and all my favorite subjects. Um, and then uh, Woman's Hour is ongoing. Then they're the two big ones. I'm trying to think what else, Country File. Uh, yeah, and I'm doing a Channel 4 thing, but that's not until next year. But yeah, the book, the book's the main one. Anita, thank you so much for your time. That's been wonderful. Congratulations once again. Andre, you're also back here to receive your honorary degree. Congratulations to you also. Um, Tell me about how your day has gone today, what you've been up to. In my professional career, I travel a lot to conferences. So wherever they arrange a conference, uh, I go to Machu Picchu because they had a conference in Cusco. Uh, I go to Argentina, I go to Japan, I go to South Africa. I haven't been to Leeds, no conference in my field. So blame Rick Brightson, the big microscopist over here. Uh, he should organize a meeting and that will bring us all back and we kind of have to get togethers uh, at the conference in the pub afterwards uh, hasn't happened but basically no extra reason to come to Leeds until this week they gave me an honor doctorate so uh, a great honor and beautiful cap on my career so I started in Leeds and short 52 years after I graduated here I got a second degree so I went uh, to a graduation ceremony in the Great Hall back in 1971 that was number one and number two in 2023 uh, so that's the reason that brought me back so what brought you to Leeds in the first place I know you grew up in Czechoslovakia so how did you end up doing your undergraduate degree here so I just finished high school I had a place at Prague University, fairly famous Central European University. So I passed the entrance exam sometime in June. Semester started in, in October, kind of like it does over here. Uh, and I had the whole summer free. Three months with nothing to do. I arranged to come to England and uh, London uh, purely for summer vacation. I wanted to work on my English, so what was a better thing to do than uh, get some kind of a low-paying job just for the summer uh, and just live in the English uh, environment surrounded by people that spoke zero Czech. And for me, it was a bit of a challenge. I had three years of high school English under my belt. Uh, that wasn't that much. That, that was good to say, good morning, Mr. Brown. <laughs> How are you? And so, zero knowledge of English terms for everything I knew about physics. So, so mass, inertia, momentum. About third week that I was here, so I showed up beginning of August. August 21, Russians decided to invade Czechoslovakia because Czechoslovakia was doing an experiment in democracy within the socialist frame. So, uh, and our leadership was a little bit naive. They should have suspected the Russians would put it down. They had no idea. They, they thought, oh, Russians are big friends. They, they, we're doing this little experiment in democracy. They will support it. So Dubček very well loved, uh, but totally naive as to what the 
political implications were. So the Russians prepared an invasion. There were no US satellites telling us what was going on. So zero warning, Russian tanks showed in Prague. Czechoslovakia is kind of a skinny country. You've got a lot of border, but there's no point which is further than like 150 kilometers from the nearest border. So it was very easy for them to mass the troops and then invade. There was nowhere for the Czechs to retreat. The government changed immediately and uh, they started turning the screws of repression. There were political purges. If you had the right uh, political orientation, you were promoted. If you had the wrong one, uh, you couldn't get to study at the university. They controlled it quite well. And I had a choice. I could go back to this repressive regime or I could stay out and perhaps hoping that things would not be as bad as they turned out. Britain was very supportive. Uh, my tourist visa was extended. I could stay. I got a work permit, I could work legally and I interviewed at King's College in, in London and they said uh, you know your physics alright but uh, your English is not up to it. Go, go away, study for a year and come back. Uh, and that probably would have been sensible advice, but you know, you're 18, you want to take your chances. Uh, Leeds offered a scholarship, and I found about it by reading the notice board in London at the National Union of Students. The office had a big board, uh, and there was a little notice, five studentships offered by Leeds University call. So I called up, a few days later I was on a train to Leeds. And so this whole change, August 21, by the time I was ready, or this notice went up, we're talking end of September, I showed up in Leeds, I think first week of October, 1968. And that was the orientation week for undergraduates. Things were just starting, classes were going to start next week. So hats off to Leeds University, the administration, everything, incredibly flexible. So they had five scholarships for Czech students. I think three went into arts, history, languages. One went into chemical engineering, one went into physics. I was good friends with the chemical engineer, I still am. So he traveled around the world like I did. So I did my entrance interview and the conclusion least was exactly the same. You know your physics, your English things, but we'll take a chance on you. Anyway, so I basically came for an interview and I stayed for the next three years. So, and you know, I had never been to Leeds. I had heard of Leeds United. <laughs> so, you know, checks into soccer and everything and tennis. And But uh, so... Uh, and you enjoyed your time at Leeds? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. So so I, I had to work on my English. And three years later, I had a Yorkshire accent because this is all I knew. And did you get involved in the social life at Leeds at the time? I understand you played volleyball for a while. I picked up volleyball, yeah, my first year, uh, and I kept it up. I was not tall enough to be a really good spiker and everything, but I was a good setter. So in volleyball, you kind of have different roles. So I'd end up in the back and kind of receive the first hit and, and then set people up. We had a good team. So there were the university championships and it was middle of the winter. I remember traveling in some little car that some student had over to Loughborough, the sports university, right? And uh, national championships for the university became the number two after Loughborough. So, so that, that was a lot of fun. I did go to one of the WHO concerts in the Union. I remember that incredibly loud, fun music. But <laughs> half my hearing disappeared back then. And has the campus changed in the time you've been away? Quite a bit, I should think. Well, it's modernized. Uh, lots of beautiful new buildings, nice architecture, like 
Some old buildings have been torn down. So I was in the old physics building down the hill, a long a building, lots of concrete, lots of glass. We prowled around the old physics building, which is now all kinds of things with a little bit of physics left in it, but physics has relocated to a new lab. Uh, but I found uh, the little closet that we managed to commandeer with my fellow undergraduates and we used for study. And it's being used as a coffee room and storage right now. But we had like four desks in there and we crammed for the exams in there. Uh, distractions uh, minimized, no cell phones to check. The place where I lived, Boddington Hall, private estates. So me and my wife, we walked around, couldn't recognize anything. They completely raised the hall of residence that I lived in. And the very interesting thing is, uh, in my, so I did a general physics degree here. So I went off to Cambridge to do a PhD. I started purely on solid state physics, but I was using electron microscopes for my research. And the more I use them, the more I like them. So I kind of switched from being a user of microscopes to being a designer of microscopes without ever having studied any electron optics. And having done all that, I come back to Leeds. And that's a very active electron microscopy here. So 50 years later, I find that I went off this way. Leeds was seemingly going this way. And scientifically, we kind of meet up. Wow, that's really interesting. And do you see the degree at Leeds as being the start of your career? It was the grounding in physics, right? So. Anything that you do after your undergraduates, you do it at such greater depth than the how you started as an undergraduate, you're basically relearning a lot. And like I said, I never studied any electron optics here, and I needed that for when I became an electron optics designer. So, but you pick it up, you know. Uh, when Einstein was studying uh, relativity, it wasn't like that was a textbook he could go by. You kind of developed the concepts yourself. So at some point, uh, you get to the forefront of the field and then going further, uh, there is no map. You have to, to, to design, uh, create the map yourself. So if an undergraduate had come up to you at the honorary degree ceremony today, and asked for some advice about where, how they might get to where they want to go in life. What advice might you have given them? I gave the vote of thanks speech and I stressed two points uh, at the graduation ceremony. And one was, scientists teach you to be truthful. Because if you have any fallacy in the experiment that you're planning, it'll bite you. And that's a very important principle and I think it's a good one for human relationships. And the second one is don't be afraid to fail. Sometimes you guess right and if things work out and sometimes you guess wrong. But when you start the second time, you start at the higher level because the first failure taught you something. Okay, so uh, the best advice for start people at the beginning of their career is don't sign up at something that doesn't excite you. Do things that you find really stimulating. So follow your heart, follow your feelings, go into things that you will give everything to to make it uh, better, to make an impact. If you sign up for something that you're truly passionate about, uh, who knows what's going to come out of it. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Leeds Voices. It was presented by me, Ed Newbold, and it was edited and produced by Simon Jenkins. Leeds Voices is brought to you by the advancement team at the University of Leeds. You can follow us on social media at Leeds Alumni or email us 
alumni at leeds.ac.uk. Mm-hmm.